Hi, I'm Matt Kirkegaard, editor of Australian Brews News, and thanks to Bintani, this is another of our special editions of Radio Brews News, live from Gabs in Melbourne. Thanks to Bintani, Brews News was able to take our mobile studio to Gabs and capture some great discussions with a wide range of people in the beer industry. Today we have a series of shorter interviews. Firstly, we have Sam Fuss from Filter Brewing, who talks about her career making the AIBA trophy-winning beer for the awards night this year, what it meant to win the Gypsy Brewer Trophy last year, and also her possibly disappointing results this year on the back of that. We discuss the name Gypsy Brewer and its appropriateness as a label in this day and age, and Sam also announces that she has just put a deposit on her very own stainless steel, so she won't be fitting that description for that much longer. Enjoy this chat with Sam Fuss. And thanks to Bintani that not only handpicks the best ingredients for brewers, they choose the best guests for Radio Brews News Live at Gabs 2019. And my next guest, Sam Fuss, Filter Brewing. It's been a long time. I think Pete and I spoke to you when you were with True South, which must have been four years ago, four or five years ago in the very early days of uh, Radio Brews News. A lot longer than that, mate. Um, how are you, by the way? Very well. A um, lot longer than that. I think, like, I've been in Sydney now. Um, so I left Melbourne, moved up to Sydney uh, to get into Young Henry's and kind of look after... Of course, so I'd, I'd completely forgotten about the, the, the Young Henry's. Yeah, so that's, that's the reason why I moved back up to Sydney, um, was to, um, you know, take the helmet uh, at Young Henry's. Uh, but I, was, I, I, I built um, True South from... From the ground up, it was a it was an awesome awesome experience. I, I got so much out of it. Um, you know, literally converting an old garage into um, into a, what what is what it is. You know what it was when it had the brewery in it. What it what, what it was then. So that was a really amazing experience for me. And uh, of course, we're speaking as everyone can hear from our voices. We're speaking the morning after the night before that was Gabs twenty nineteen. Oh, sorry, no, so we're at Gabs 2019, the, uh, the AIBA's 2019. Yeah, the awards last night, which was fantastic. Was Lovely great. to see you on stage as the champion uh, gypsy brewer um, for your role in the collaboration from last year. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So we all, we all met down at Mountain Goat um, about four weeks ago, about a month ago, and, and brewed a Gerza um, made with a cha-cha. That went very nicely with the, uh, the entree, I have to say. No, 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 it was great. It was great. Unfortunately, we couldn't secure anywhere near enough fruit as we wanted uh, we literally got the last 40 kilos um, that were in Australia from what the is season a it's, it, uh, I, I knew what it was when Ian came up and said uh, how about this one of his boys had uh, given him an idea one of his guys in in marketing had given him an idea about this a chacha and I knew exactly what it was because I was at a, at a um, I was at a local market near me and and somebody was trying to you know, offering me, offering me to try this achacha, and I'm like, "What is it?" And it look, look, it look, it's got a really interesting uh, outer shell, but it's not a shell, so it's a fruit. And it's, it, it kind of, I, I feel like when I when I open it, and when you when you look at it, it's a bit like a um, a lychee. So you kind of cut it around the waist, and then you pop the fruit out, and inside the fruit, the actual is is it's a pip. So. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give that a go. And then and popped it in my mouth and it was just, it was almost, it was like sex in my mouth. 
Um, so I ended up buying this bag. Um, this must have been about four or five years ago. I ended up buying this bag, and I'm like, this stuff is crazy. It's great. And then when so, so Ian, Ian and the guys at, at, at um, Mountain Goat came up with the idea, I'm like, I know that. That's awesome. Let's do it. Um, everyone else is like, what the hell is a cha-cha? <laughs> and I think I remember it uh, mainly for the experience in my mouth, but also the name, which is quite... I think it's called something else, uh, you know, obviously overseas. You can never get away from the name when it comes to a beer, though, can you? You can never completely get away from thinking about what you're going to call a beer. Oh, yeah. Well, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty easy, a cha-cha. <laughs> and it just rolls off the tongue as well. So, um, yeah, so we, so we end up securing the last 40 kilos. Um, which was great, um, but I, we, we all collectively agree that we, we could have done with another 40 kilos. Yep. Um, it just wasn't enough um, to, to really punch through the, in, you know, really give you that kind of unique flavour and taste that it, that it has. So, but but the, beer, the beer itself tasted awesome. It was great. It was good. It was just a bit subtle. Okay. Subtle, subtle, uh, subtle can be good. Sometimes I, I, I find with, particularly with food matching, if you become too aggressive, sometimes it overwhelms the food. And, and it, it's great to drink, but not always to, to pair with food because one overwhelms the other. Yeah. But no, that wasn't a problem last night, that's no, for sure. No, no, I, I agree with that. I agree. But um, the, the, the thing is, everyone's like, what the hell is a cha-cha? So you want to go, that's a cha-cha in a glass kind of thing, <laughs> you know, with the beer. Very you, true. You, you want to yeah. be able to go, that's what that is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful fruit to, fruit, fruit to work with. Um, but it was a it was a one off, so you know you, you learn from these things. And we didn't do a pilot patch. We did um, working without a net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we did it. I think, jeez, I think we did forty or fifty heck of it. So it's it's you know first first go, going in hot. You're coming in doing a one off batch of beer for, for an event, but then you've also got the, the four champion Australian brewers. You've got the champion Gypsy, of which you were um, in 2018. Yep. And the champion small, medium and large yep. brewers. So you've, you've got a little bit of talent to, uh, if oh, you're going to do it by feel, you've got some good fingers to be feeling Yeah, yeah, with. yeah. And it was great. Uh, I mean, look, Ian, Ian from Mountain Go very much took the helm on this. It's his brewery, which is is quite normal. And But uh, as I said, you know, as I said in, uh, in last night's... Um, last night's conversation about it is that we didn't just arrive on the day we were emailing each other talking on the phone and doing all these kind of you know um the communicating i guess and and throwing our ideas in and what about this and that and that and, and, and so it's a, in, in that way it's a really lovely collaboration it's not just rocking up on the day and going right let's go um so so that's fun and and though the guys you know the the boys from green beacon Black Hops and Mountain Goat, they're, they're legends. So they're, it was it was a really, really fun day and it was a really fun fun experience. Well, we did see the results last night. No champion uh, Gypsy Brewer awarded last night. How, how did you feel about your results personally? Um, look, I kind of expected. I expected what we got. Um, we, didn't, we didn't get gold in anything and that's the reason why there was no champion. So no Gypsy Brewers received gold and I judge these awards as well, so... It's always disappointing. It's always disappointing when when there's no result in something in something like that. Um, you know, it means that um, we need to work harder and, and be better. Um, but how does how, how does that work? You go from champion one year. Have, have you done anything differently this year, or is it just that real lesson uh, that brewers look, have to face? It's look, the beer want, on the day as it's presented yeah, to the judges. Yeah. You want you want absolute consistency. You want consistency as a brewer. 
but you know for a fact because you're dealing with raw materials and, and rawing, you know, raw materials ingredients, um, and uh, you know, it's 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 not manufactured in 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 some sort of computerized way. It's 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 made by hand. It's it's dealt with delicately. Every you don't single get to batch. Blend batches if they fall yeah, out of spec. Batch to batch. Um, it, every every single beer and every single batch has its own fingerprint. So it has its own identity, and and, and sometimes you know you might fall short. Uh, and, and yeast, yeast is the yeast is the bloodline of any beer. And if you're, you know, it, it can come down to anything. Like whether your yeast is not happy, whether you had a fermentation issue, whether um, it was a bit thin, and whether it was too malty, whether it was too. So it's got to be, and that's the integrity of the. Um, integrity of the actual AIBAs as well is, you know, that, and, and I'm quite comfortable with that. If I didn't brew a beer that was up to scratch, completely up to scratch, then I don't deserve, I don't deserve the accolade that, that, I, that I get from it. So I, I felt that this year, I did feel that this year our beers weren't without, because I think our beers are fantastic, but I mean, and I'm my worst critic, I really am, but I... I felt that this year, I just had a feeling that this year, this year, our XPA, the batch I chose and we chose, that wasn't up to the standard of last year's beer. Still fantastic, but but that's probably not up to standard. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely. For a gypsy brewer, you're not hugely uh, excited about that name, gypsy brewer. Tell me, tell me, what, 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 what do you think the uh, you know? The, the, the brewers that brew in somebody else's brewery but control the process themselves. What, what, what's your preferred title? Well, I mean, I guess it's hard for me, Matt, because I've been brewing professionally for 18 years. I've always owned and had my own brewery. I've always had my own pots and pans to do with and to work on. Um, but I also, I also understand um, once I got to a stage with Young Henry's, um, where I spent more time in the office than on the floor, and I was managing a team. That that um, as long as you you have control over your equipment, you have good communication with your team. Um, you can still produce great beers. Um, and like I said, work with Young Henry's working that way um, taught me, I guess, a bit of that. So I work really, really closely with the ABG guys. Um, which is Australian Brewers Guild. Mm-hmm. We're probably on the phone every day. If I'm not on the phone, we're emailing. And if I'm not down here on site, down in Melbourne on site, um, you know, th- there's constant communication going backwards and forwards. And that's the most important thing. A lot of people ask me that question too. How do you control that? How do you, how do you make sure that you're getting the best out of your recipe and your beer? And it's like, it's knowing the people that are working um, on your recipe and, and, and making sure that you have control over the process of your own recipe and being down there to taste it, being, being on the ground. So you, 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 can't, you can't do this and expect every beer to just... If you're not going to show up, the brewers are, you know, you lose a bit of respect. So you've got to be there. You've got to be on the ground. You've got to be, you know, I wake up sometimes 4.30 in the morning. I jump on a plane. I jump on a 6 o'clock plane. I'm down here for the day and I get back home at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. It's, it's, but I, that, that is imperative for, for the way that I, I know I need to have that contact with the team and, and my beer. Funnily enough, that, that, that question was actually less about the process of gypsy brewing, which I think is um, very accepted these days, 
to the to the point that they actually have the trophy. But it was more about you're not a huge fan of the of the title of, of that name, Gypsy Brewing. And I know that uh, you know in the Northern Hemisphere, for example, in Europe, Gypsy's not a a, a word that you use, and it's it's politically regarded politically um, incorrect. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd never thought about it that way, and that that makes complete sense. It's almost a derogatory term in certain... I mean, Australia, we're a bit we're a bit blasé here down in Oz, you know. We, But there's kind of different ways. Like, um, I, I understand in the Northern Hemisphere where that can be considered possibly a derogatory term. I do. Um, but if I was talking outside of brewing, um, I... I'm a bit of a gypsy. I've moved around a lot, um, a bit of a nomad. I actually kind of call it a little nomadish. Um, and when I was brewing, I, I had a yeah, I had British a stint. nomad trademark. Ooh. <laughs> no, I had a stint um, after True South where I um, I, I, I just I, I needed to replenish my soul a little bit, and I needed to get out there and and, and rediscover the love that I have for my trade and what I do. Um, so I went I went walkabout. And um, what I was doing, I coined as walkabout brewing. Yep. So I went down to Red Hill and stayed with Karen and Dave down there and, you know, Otway Estate. And I would move, you know, and that really kind of gave me a, a really kind of, um, it, it brought back my gagoong, mm. my passion, because I was checking out what other brewers were doing, checking out how they were feeling, how they'd do a process or how they'd come about a difficult situation and all of that. So, so that was... Um, it was a really, really, I get, you know, you get, you sometimes you come through stages in your life where you, you get to a bit of a meh kind of time. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that, that's um, when I went walkabout, walkabout brewing, that, that just reinvigorated me to, to, to be a better brewer and to be a better person and, and realise that, hey, Sam, you're, you, you're actually, you know, you're not too bad off. You're doing all right. Absolutely. And, and it's, a, it's a perfect description, but, and, and I was sort of thinking, exactly, you sort of, on walkabout you're finding yourself yep rediscovering but then suddenly I just sort of started thinking well does it, it does, does that borrow from the, the indigenous culture which has the walkabout um, I, I don't know my, I, I, I probably spend far too much time thinking about this to choose words that we write about that doesn't offend um, casually I, I, vagabond brewer was the way that I'd found because a vagabond is that person that doesn't have a home and lives a happy vagabond existence uh, which sort of means the same thing as, as a gypsy without being racially based. Yeah, look, I, I understand I, I, that, and, and it comes down to a term. Much? But but really, for and let me talk about let me talk about filter now, which is is I'm part owner. The the reason um, we at filter made the decision that we did to to um, use other and for people out there that gypsy brewing is is kind of it. It means that um, it's not just Somebody with an idea and a marketing plan. It, it, it's something that um, you know I, I can utilize as a brewer. I've got my recipe. I've got my my process. I've got all of that. But you know what? I may not have the money to outlay for you know. I may not have a million dollars to outlay at, to start with for to build a brewery. So it's a really good gateway and it's a really good platform for me to be able to you know create and do what I do. By using someone else's equipment, so um, and and I'm, look, the the word gypsy, I, I I really, I'm not really here here nor there about it. I, I don't I don't love not having my own pots and pans, but that's going to change very soon. 
Hot news. Uh, uh, hot, hot news? Hot news. Yeah, well, we put a deposit down on the brewery. So that's that's fantastic. And it's, um, it's something that's kind of, I don't know, when I'm not in my place, you know when you're in your happy place? Yep. My happy place is my brewery. And in, you're not in that. You're kind of, you're just a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a different person. You know, I need to be in my happy place. Oh, my, my happy place is my garden, which is yep. a simple, simple thing. Exactly. Your flowers grow. Yeah, make you happy. And, and going in there, walking in there early in the morning and not hearing a peep and then you turn the pump on and, you know, you hear that room. It's like an old friend coming back to you, you know. You're like, good morning, you know. And then you hear the, you know, the steam coming on and then, Injecting. It's just it really. It's those familiar, you know, those familiar things that um, that really kind of. I I walk through. I get goosebumps. I walk through and I'm like, hi friends, you know. And and it is. It's really lovely. So I've missed that. I've very much missed that. How, how big a brew house? Talk talk us through some of the uh, technical uh, so, side. Of- so I've had a really really good think about things, and it's probably you know this is probably a um. It's 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 been hard. I'll, I'll be um, not hard, but 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 choosing the right brew house, the right equipment at the right price, is you've got to do your due diligence on everything. I always thought that the next brewery I would buy would be a DME, but they went yes. They went they went tits up. Um, but no, obviously. Well, I mean they're back back operating back now. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I didn't have that opportunity for the last two years. I think they've been they've been out of the action. I've always loved DME, so I've, it's it's like it's like what car do you like to drive? Well, I've always driven that. I've driven different cars, but I always kind of go back to that, and I love that car. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I've had to have a really really good look at different systems. Um, like I said, doing due diligence on different um, different systems, making sure. It's got the it's got the type of automation that I need. So I I I, um, I probably spent well I've spent a lot of money in this particular kit on automation. So who, who did you go with? Premier Stainless. Okay. Yeah. Great friends and, of great friends of ours. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've never I'll be honest, I've never really been a a lover of their smaller kits. I just look at it and I see valves. And I'm like, that looks like hard work. It shouldn't be that hard. There's too many valves there. What's going on? Beer goes from there. But but so what I've gone for is a 25 hectolitre, four vessel system. Um, that You're as is, big as Brewdog. Yeah. It was, <laughs> well, no, it's um it's actually the system that almost similar to the system that um, Pirate Life are upgrading to. Okay. So it's gonna we'll, we'll be able to in a 16 hour shift. You know we'll be able to punch out 100 hec a day in 16 hours. So yep. that's that's pretty good. That's um, absolutely yeah, yeah. That's great. And then obviously you can move on to twenty-four hour, and it's it's you know so and, and it's fully automated, which means the brewer is up on deck, not running up and downstairs, and you know, excuse my French, fucking around with things that their mind is on the job. Their mind is on running that brew house, and it just makes it easy. It takes a lot of stress off too if you've got to you know you've got to punch out a lot of work and. It, it just makes it easier. I, I feel. I think it's it's easier and it's a it's a it's um it's worth the money. It's worth the money. Definitely worth the money. Paying for that type of automation. And is is that something that your last couple of years of building the filter brand, getting your sales accounts, building your reputation, having won the, the champion Gypsy uh, Brewer, without having to make that initial 
capital outlay. Does that mean you've had the luxury of being able to build those things and not compromise on the brewery that you ultimately have? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So our, our focus was I knew I could confidently brew, get my beer brewed by my way, in my way, my recipe brewed in other facilities. Um, not all have been great, I'll be honest with you. There's been some hits and some misses, um, but we're onto a really good thing now with ABG. Um, and like I said, communication is key in regards to that. Um, but it has allowed us to free up money for building our brand, which is, you know, I think that's really important. You can make the best beer in the, wo- in the world, but if, if it doesn't sell, then, you know, if you haven't got the branding right, the marketing right and, and all of that, you're just going to get, people are going to fly by. I've seen that happen so often, you know. I've tried a beer and I'm like, why the hell have I not heard of these guys? Yep. And, and it's possibly because of in, in, um, inexperience in regards to marketing and branding and stuff like that. And then you see some really big guys out there, um, and I'm not, you know, big, big, big breweries out there with shitloads of money and great marketing and uh, and pretty average beer. So I think it's a combination of both, and you, you really got to have that. But it was important. I was confident I could do what I needed to do uh, in regards to to recipe and um, you know, and, and the beer styles and, and all of that. And I work with two really, you know, fantastic... I work with a fantastic team. Of, we're all a family. Uh, Mick and Steph, my business partners, they, uh, you know, Mick's amazing at running at running the business. And he, he um, also has a lot to do with... Uh, he used to be the, um, the managing director for O'Neill Surf Brands. So he knows marketing. He wow, knows apparel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he knows all of that. And then Steph, Surfers, on the other hand... Uh, there's something about these strong brands and surfing connections. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's, he's nowhere near as cool as the other guys. Just saying, Mick, sorry. Um, but then, then there's Steph, and Steph's really strong in marketing and branding. Yep. Um, and he, um, he, he's very, very good at, uh, at working with... Looking at the bigger picture um, and, and the bigger... The bigger end of town, I guess, when we're talking about um, sales and stuff like that. So, so, and we're we're really respectful for each other's positions. We all have something to bring to the table, and we all learn off each other, which is I'm loving that. I, I really am loving learning off those guys, and and at the same time, they're learning about beer off me and and all of those things. So, so we have a really good relationship. So, you've got the whereabouts are you installing it? Have you, have you got the site yet? You've, you've... Oh, yeah. Well, well, I can't. I can't give away the site location at this stage okay. but but me Mick and Steph are in a Westies we're uh, yep. in, in Newtown um, Add, adding to the vibrancy of the uh, cities in the West okay yeah 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 it's, it's you know it, and that's really important to us as well not not only because you know it might be commercial residential and a really good place to do it and lots of people around not only that it's our community it's where we live it's where the boys kids go to school it, it's where the pubs we drink in it's the, the the fruit markets we shop at, all of that. It's our community, and and we want to we would you know we want to bring. I, I know it sounds cheesy, but give something back to the community, or, or bring something that's going to enhance the community that we live in. And maybe you know a lot of it might be motivated by our friends having somewhere to come and drink beer, but it, it's it really is. It's 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 definitely for us. It's 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 about where our hearts are. That's and that's in Marrickville. And, and I was 
given the location and what you just said, I take it that there will be, it's not just a production venue, you'll go and have a tap room. Oh, and yeah, a, yeah, yeah, gotcha, shit, yeah, yeah. You're going to have somewhere to drink after work <laughs> rather than someone else's brewery. No, definitely, that's really important. I think that's really important. It's, 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 it's just, it adds, it gives us our bit to the identity of, of what we are. It's like having a home, yep. you know. Uh, people can come and they can look at the brewery and they can see Mick, Steph and myself, you know, running around like, you know, arseless flies. <laughs> but yeah, We're so an adult podcast, you can yeah. say that. Well, that's wonderful. So what sort of time frames are we looking at? We look to hopefully be open by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So even quicker than Brewdog. Well, the deposit's on the brewery. It's already been put down. That was okay. a week ago. So, yeah. Congratulations. Cheers to that as oh. we drink our... Uh, Thank you. Watermelon Mort. It's a long day in a nice uh, oh, sour beer with a little bit of uh, lower alcohol. Refresher. Great for the tonsils. Yep. Exciting news. Congratulations. Um, looking forward to uh, to maybe even doing a broadcast from there Ooh. one day. What, what, That'd what, be great. You open? Love to have you oh, guys. I'd love to have Prof and I, prof and I in, yeah. in uh, the not, not so much Prof. Just you. <laughs> Just you. Well, no, he, he, I love Prof. He's, he's the happy face of... He's, he, a he's a good cop. To, 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 to this <laughs> operation, so he's a friendly face. Now, I'd love to have you guys, and uh, and look, you know, when we do open the doors and we have our big opening party, let's let's um, let's chuck some microphones around and, and get the get the vibe of how everyone's feeling. Absolutely, that sounds great. Now, but before I do lose you, though, a couple of other exciting things are on the horizon for you. You've just been appointed chief judge of the Sydney uh, Sydney Royal Beer Show, Beer Insider Show, Beer Insider yeah. Show. Yep. Yep. Congratulations on that, but also you're joining the board of the AIBAs. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. That's great. I, I'm stoked about that, both of them. Um, so, yeah, so I'll be, um, they call it chair of judges. It sounds very official. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to, to this year um, putting a little bit more, re- reigniting it a little. I think um, it, it's, uh, you know, there's some, some categories and stuff that we need to work on and build um, because I think there's some awesome categories out there and I was just talking about this on a panel yesterday about the what was not so popular before that is now kind of coming popular and we're talking about our reduced alcohols like we're drinking Um, we're talking about our gluten-free beers that are fantastic and and you know the pale ale category is just boom it's so it's about expanding and, 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 and kind of with, with the trends as well. And then, and then with cider as well. Uh, I, I do love cider. I'm, I'm you know, a big fan of not-so-sweet ciders. But um, there's, you know, a lot of ciders out there now that are, um, and they call them new world ciders, uh, that, are, that are not just uh, traditional cider apples. There's some table apples put in there and, and stuff like that. So, so we put a couple of more categories in there as well. And and be, being on the advisory group for uh, the AIBAs, the Australian International Beer Awards, is um is crazy. I'm I'm really I'm super humbled by by that. Why they'd want me, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm just loud. Um, but I'm really humbled by that. And I and think they, anyone listening to this podcast can understand the insights <laughs> you would be bringing. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked. That's great. I, I feel like this year has kind of come to a, an, another level, and and um, you know I, I've always been um, very serious about what I do. But I, I'm a bit of a you know I'm a bit, a bit of the joker around. I'm a bit of the the one that kind of runs a mark and, and all of that. And 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 it's nice to be able to do that, and still people still appreciate you for for your um, you know for what you are and what you can bring to the table and, and all of that. And and maybe you know I don't know. We'll see. 
Well, Sam, thank you very much for giving up a little bit of your Gabs uh, 2019 to, to spend with us. And congratulations. Really, really pumped um, for you for having the brewery. We really will make a point of getting down. And uh, I just hope everything from here goes nice and smoothly for the install and the build and that uh, we will soon be drinking in the filter is it just going to be the filter tap room or uh, don't know <laughs> it, whatever it is it's got to match our packaging which is dodgy and so retro um, talk us through that because it, that was one of the things that really stood oh, out the yeah. day that I opened that yep. package and yep. it was so retro yep. and you know, it but, but, but still not hipster people. but it, 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 like it, it wasn't hipster it had that retro fallback but it wasn't drawing on anything in particular it almost had a bit of evil Knievel about it yeah oh, it, look we uh, between Mick, Mick Steph and myself we, we absolutely uh, our first thing we said when we sat down and had a beer before you know while it was just in conception was um, you know what let's have some fun with this let's have some fun and, um, and we're both like Mick and I are, are 70s babies early 80s children um, so we're very much 80s. And then Steph's a little bit older than that. He's more about the Daytona kind of thing. But, and we really wanted to I'm Atari. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're the same age. It's, you know, similar. I'm possibly a little younger than you. Oh, sorry, well, you absolutely are by the yeah. look of you. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, but, yeah, so we wanted to kind of draw on the fun. You remember the 80s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool. I we're had the Evil up. Knievel. Do you remember the Evil Knievel bike? Oh. You could sort of wind up and he could jump yeah, and yep, stuff yep, like yep, that. Yep. All of that, all of that. Evil Knievel. Um, and, and if you go back, have a look at Australian marketing back in the 80s. It's fucking awful. <laughs> but good awful. Good awful. It's so good. And it's awful been a sum. NASCAR. I, I think we'll call it awful sum. Yeah, yeah. Mixture of awful and awesome. Yep. Perfect. So so we really wanted to have a bit of fun with that. We, we kind of felt like, you know, we wanted people to just sit back and you know what? You can you can sit and critique the big. That's awesome. I love that because it's a, you know our XBA and our other styles of beer are made very delicately and with a lot of passion and power. But they're also really good beers to just chill back and you know really smashable, easy drinking. So it kind of speaks to a lot of lot of people. And but how important is it to you? Know, you you've talked about it's divided people, but it's getting a reaction. Oh, God, we have people arguing. I've had people argue in front of me. I don't get it. What's with your bloody NASCAR? You know, da 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 da. As 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 Prof uh, gave us the awards two years running. Thanks, Prof. Um, what the uh, dad's NASCAR T-shirt? <laughs> best picker's choice. I think they called it. Anyway, we love that. That is that. That is probably our most. Uh, our, you know, that's on the highest pedestal in now, because that's what we want. We want to change people's perception. And we but want people also... to think about it. And then you see, you see, you know, people will argue. And I sit back. I, honestly, people will argue over it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. And I just sit back and go, you know what? You guys have just spent 15, 20 minutes talking about it. So, job done. But it's so much better than, and again, like, not singling anyone out, but uh, probably the first to really go big on a certain design was a brewery like Bolton. And there are so many people that have, that's almost become the slang for brewing or for beer is that you know sort of partially white bit of a, a brand no one's talking about all of their variations of Bolter's branding or anything like that but you have a very distinct no one's going to mistake you guys oh yeah and that was important you know we want the, you go into a beer shop these days and there are hundreds of beers to choose from hundreds and you've got to stand out you've got to stand out in that field um, and whether you're 
And maybe this is part of it, whether you're standing out because people are like, oh, fuck, what happened there? Or you're standing out because it's like, that is rad. You know? Um, I've had people... If I've, people are debating about it, then it's... It's a good thing. People are talking about it. Talk is good. And, and, and I've... Um, you know, you look on social media and people... We get some people like, yeah, tried this XPR. Never wanted to buy it before because I hate the packaging, but it's amazing. And it's like, there you go. So, it, you know, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword, but, but we're really happy. If you have a look at the new haze can... I haven't, I haven't, I'll, I'll be around it's as soon so as they let dodgy. me out of it's the It's so dodgy, it's awesome, it's like mellow yellow, it's, <laughs> it's, it's great. And but not too like mellow yellow because we don't want ABAC or anybody to sort of uh, say that looks no, like... No, not those people, yeah, yeah. But it, it is in our state, our stout, our stout packaging is, yep. you know, a bit of a, a bit of a, an ode to John Player special. Um, and he's uh, maybe he used to have the racing car and the jet and the Ferrari and all of that. So, so that's kind of you know. And we're we're look we're stoked and having fun. And if it rouses a couple of people up, good. Um, because that's biz biz fun. It's got to be fun, exactly. Yeah, and and have fun while you're doing it. Let's stick your head up your ass. Let's, let's have a good time. We're drinking it. We love it. We're marketing it. We live it. We eat it. You know that's what that's what we're doing. So let's just enjoy. And speaking of which. My glass is empty, so I need to read, uh, top up. So, Sam Fuss, thank you very much for joining us uh, at Gabs 2019 for our Radio Brews Live, proudly presented by Bintani Australia. Hopefully we'll uh, join you in your brew house very, very soon. Wonderful. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Matt, for having me, and thank you guys for doing an awesome job, and keep, keep it up. And that was Sam Fuss. We also managed to catch up with Justin Fox and Ash Hazel, the former and current head brewers at Colonial Brewing. We hear of Colonial's current expansion and also whether there's any competition between the two and whether the new brewer ever calls upon the advice and experience of the old brewer. We learn about the brewery's relationship with Colonial Leisure Group and what advantages, if any, accrue to a business with its own pubs. This chat was recorded the day after the news that former Prime Minister Bob Hawke died and we get Justin's reaction to that news given he created the beer brewed in Bob Hawke's name and got to know the former Prime Minister quite well. This is my conversation with Justin Fox and Ash Hazel. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Radio Brews News Live from Gabs 2019. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks for having us. I, I can't think that we've actually had you on for a, a, a full chat at any stage over the almost nine years of Radio Brews News. No, I think we've spoken about it once or twice, but never actually got organised. On my side, got organised enough to actually follow up on it. Well, we have to do a lot of chats by necessity down the phone lines, but there, there are some brewers who you like you actually want to visit because their face-to-face chat is always better so uh, i'm sure that's what it is but uh, yeah, mate it. tell <laughs> us what, what's going on uh, for you guys at colonial uh, now as i said to all of the brewers uh so i haven't had a chance to catch up on the catalogue of results it's been a whirlwind since last night how did you guys go uh yeah we did pretty well uh no gold we got a uh, i think five silvers and a bronze so we're pretty happy of that um you know it's a shows we're making good quality beer and we've got a few things to improve on and we'll take that back to the brewery and go from there. One of the things that has been a bit of a recurring theme with the brewers that we've uh, spoken to is we had uh, Richard and Brendan um, from Bentspoke and Feral. Same position. A couple of big names, no gold medals uh, between them. Both of them are highly respected beer judges. Um, Richard's won gold medals around the world this year and then in their home. And 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 it just shows that I guess... 
on any given day. Um, it, it, it's a beer on the day and, and, and the judge. And probably longer term, it's consistency of results rather than any one oh, event. Yeah, definitely. There's no chance that a beer that isn't amazing will get up to a gold. But yep. it doesn't mean like this. As a judge, you go through a lot of beers in a day and they're all... I mean, let's be honest, all beer is awesome. It's very rare that you, even, as it, even the beers that don't medal, you still pick up, like, you'd still finish it. If you bought this beer at a, at a you might be giving it no medal, but if you bought a pint at a pub, you'd finish it, unless there's something horribly wrong, and that's really rare, thankfully. I won't call him out, but at least one judge has said, you don't necessarily finish every beer. So Oh, no, during judging, you don't. No, no, but, no, no, yeah, no, no. But, but even when you're buying at the pub, he's just got a lot of beers that he doesn't finish. Uh, I, so. I, I, I generally do, unless yeah. there's something really bad, but that's rare. <laughs> so... What's going on at Colonial? You guys are going through a fairly rapid expansion, canning lines. Yeah, so we've, um, we've grown really quickly in the old Matilda Bay site down in Port Melbourne. And we've, uh, the last year, we really just started hitting the limits of what, that, what the equipment was. Um, and so, yeah, we've put in a lot of new fermenters. Um, we've, we had some 40 hectolitre tanks, so we've removed them and uh, putting 100s in. Uh, we've got 25 hectare brew house, and so that you can't really go any bigger than that. Our roof's quite low, and so you know, 100 hectolitres is the size for us. Now, you pretty much just walked in and took over the old Matilda Bay. Yeah, uh, the, we took on the brewery, um, not the packaging side. We put in our own packaging okay. equipment. Um, and so right now, we're still going through pretty heavy expansions. Um, mostly until this point, it's been um, fermentation tanks, which is the biggest bottleneck we've had. And now, as we've filled up our uh, brewery with fermentation tanks we're finding we can't fill them fast enough uh, or empty them fast enough so we're, uh, we're currently um, over the next couple of months I've got another round of uh, fermentation tanks a new can filler and a new brew house all coming uh, brew house and can filler from Germany and then tanks just okay uh, so so how are you stepping up are you duplicating or increasing size of the brew house um, no we'll be we're putting in a bigger brew house yep. which can brew more often so right now we have a 25 hectolitre brew house that we can mash in every four hours yep uh, the new one will be a 50 hectolitre brew house, which we could stretch a little bit, um, and that'll be comfortably every three hours. And with upgrades down the track, we should get that down to sort of two and a half hours if we so get it right. Is there going to be a 25 hectolitre brew house hitting the market fairly soon? That uh, we, we can help you out with the sale. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few <laughs> seagulls already circling that one, but yeah, it's um, I'm pretty sure that's now that's now locked in, locked up. But um, okay, I won't send you a classified yeah, ad. Yeah, yeah. Or a classified ad. Oh, we were going to, but uh, I think as soon as people saw we're expanding, a lot of a lot of people started knocking on the door, and I was just because we're we're putting in the new one in in a new location inside the building. Yep. And then we had time to remove the old one, so I was actually hoping just to worry about that later because I've got a few things to focus on in the short term, and then uh, a few people came my way, and we started having conversations. So, yeah, it's it's done now. And uh, where's the volume going? Like, where, 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 you're obviously catching up with volume demand. Where, where, where are you selling all of your beer? A lot of it is uh, we, because we we're part of a uh, we're part of a pub group as well, um, or the same ownership structure. We have a pub group. It's part of the um, under the same umbrella. And we used we used to be very keg heavy, and then um, actually in Justin's day, they put in a can line. One of the first, I think, it was, what was it the first WA? Second WA brewery, the second or third? Uh, first WA, yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, one of the first, uh, an earlier, let's just say an early adopter of canned craft. Never yeah. claim to be the yeah, first yeah, of anything no, because you do get cards. Yeah. You do get emails. Take that back. And so more recently we've been, um, our growth right now is very heavy in cans. So independent bottle shops as well as um, some of the bigger chains as we're getting wider distribution. And um, I guess people just love our beer and thankfully we're able to get that out to them and, 
um, yeah, so our, our package sales are growing quite quickly. Maybe I should throw this one to Justin if he's the right man to speak to. If, if he put in potentially the first uh, canning line in WA, whose idea was it to do the um, complete pull top? Was, was that a decision that you were involved in? Uh, yeah, it was. It was look, the, the decision to put the can line in was actually a couple of year discussion. You know, we saw the trends in the US and we, we realised that we wanted to uh, follow those. We, we could see cans working in WA, basically. The lifestyle in WA suits it. Um, so we made that decision and the, um, the the 360 lid actually kind of fell in our lap a little bit. The, the guy who came to install the can line did, told us about them and showed us some videos and it, it was a very um, it was a very macro thing in the US. It was it was big beer. It was about drinking fast and and you know it wasn't about drinking. It wasn't about aroma in the US. And we found that really um, surprising. We we thought opening a can up would allow you to drink it whilst experiencing the aroma of a, of a hobby beer. So for us, we we threw it on the small ale back then in uh, must be five, six, seven years ago now. So yeah, that. We jumped onto that as a as an enhancement to the aroma, and uh, yeah, ran away with it. And it's good to see some other brewers adopt it as well. But it also seems to be, you know, like anything, that might have been the intention for choosing it up front because it makes sense. Pull the full top off. We do talk about flavour being you know, aroma as well, but they seem to have found favour for reasons other than your intended purpose. We, we did try. We got a, a little sample sent over, and we tried the beer literally pouring it on the bar, running it out to the can line and canning it under different lids and putting it in front of people who might not know and just say, hey, which one of these do you like? And they'd notoriously come back to the, the open 360 lid and say, well, that one smells better because they were actually And it wasn't, it was, it wasn't it. just the differential, just the, 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 the sheer fact that it's different. They could smell it. You can, you yeah. can actually smell the beer while you're drinking it. But, but not even, oh, wow, that's cool. You can pull the whole lid off. No, th- there wasn't that element in it. And... It's well that might have developed a little bit now, and there is a. It makes a cool sound, but we're not going to lie. It's there's a there's an excitement element to opening it, especially for first time drinkers. But it was really about how they, um, pe- people just said, oh that one smells, that one's nicer, with the exact same beer in the exact same can because, and it, it would be the true true of any beverage if you went and sat and had a red wine in a can, and a beautiful red wine glass, really well shaped to throw the throw the aroma up. You're going to think it's a better red wine coming out of the glass. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah. Yep. Well, but you say that, but so many people don't do it. So there's obviously a little bit of thought and thinking that goes into it. It's not just a. It's, it's not a lay down there, as they say. No, it's it's. But again, it's 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 a risk. Someone has to to take those decisions and decide that they're they're worth taking. And we, Colonial in in that position at that time was lucky enough to. We'd taken the risk, we'd put cans in and we had that trust and we, you know, we had the confidence of the team to back us to say, yeah, look, okay, this lid's going to work. And it's not cheap. It's not a cheap lid to do. You know, there's a cost involved um, far greater than a standard lid. And But if you believe in it and other people have adopted it, Behemoth uh, in New Zealand and, and Ben spoke, and it's great. It presents the beer in a, in a really fantastic light. So. Now, Ash... Uh, back to you. you, you did mention that uh, I, I guess you've got the fortune, the good fortune of being part of a hotel group, so you have a certain amount of in-house demand beyond just a, a, a tap room. Um, it, it's an interesting model. We are seeing sort of 
developing to some extent in, in Australia. I walked into the Fox Hotel in Brisbane. You've got the complete range of, uh, well, not maybe not the complete range, but you've got a range of colonial on offer. The, the Fox was not a craft beer pub, um, and yet it's on amongst a, a lot of other things. It must a, give you some advantage, but it, at the same time, it's sort of probably exposing a whole lot of people to craft beer that potentially wouldn't have got it at that particular venue. Yeah, that's right. And look, we, we don't the uh, the pubs that you know the same owner. Um, they don't have to pour our beer. We treat them like any other customer. We operate completely independently. Um, there's now you know a fairly big se- uh, separation in, ter- in the business between okay. us, when we operate definitely in our own our own cells, I suppose. Um, but yeah, we've got and there's a range of there's a range of venues in that group. Um, a couple of them are, are definitely more craft beer focused, and a couple of them are, are more um, your everyday sort of pub hotel. Um, and, and as you say, our core range is you know, we like to th- think it's very approachable, easy drinking, and full of flavour. And the kind of beers that will, especially our draft, um, which is more more aligned with what your average beer drinker would enjoy. And so it's not a huge leap. So if they go into a bar and they order their standard draft um, and they say, no, sorry, we don't have that brand. We have Colonial Draft. Um, a lot of people just say, yeah, sure. And it might, might open their eyes to the fact that there are different beers out there that, you know, so most people, that, a lot, sorry, not most, but a lot of people that drink beer, they're loyal to a brand. They don't care what else is out there. That's what they drink and they're happy with that. So being on tap at a few pubs that have more regular drinkers, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be, in my opinion, good for the industry and I'd like to see more of that as well. More, more big pubs should have uh, no matter whose group they are and whose beer it is, just more more options, um, and that's really good for the industry as well, as well as the pub as well. I'm, I'm not sure. Just picking up on that, I'm not. I'm not sure whether you it's your element of the business to to comment on, but I'm, I'm interested to hear you say that. I, I try and stay away from the pub side. Okay, I'm a, I'm a brewer, and that's what I love. I, I was interested to hear that the same owner, but very separately run businesses. They don't have. I would have thought that kind of defeats the purposes of having a brewing operation and a pub operation. I would have thought that. You know, businessmen, and I'm not one of them, talks about synergies. I'll talk to that from Colonial going back at least three years ago and before because the directive wasn't to uh, just run a whole set of Colonial beers on tap. Yes, rightly so, that he can do that and he can do it and and recognise the margin, but that's not what it's about. It's not about saying, hey, we make beer and you're going to drink our beer. We, we need to challenge ourselves as a brewery, and Ash still has to do this today, to make beer that that venue wants to pour and can sell. And the last thing you want to do is walk into a venue and go, you know, we, we all do it. We walk into a venue and you see the first four taps, you go, oh, it's a line venue. Are you walking to the next venue? Oh, this is a CUB venue. Yep. And no one ever wanted in that business, and I, I believe they still don't want today, to walk in and go, oh, it's a colonial venue. And so that venue has to have its identity and has to have its control. And the ability to uh, choose its beer selection is part of that. And on top of that, some of the um, pubs might, if they're not craft beer drinkers, they might not want craft beer. And if that bar was boring beers their customers didn't want, it's not going to be a successful bar as well. So they have to, and that's what I mean by operating independently. They have to do what's right for them, and we have to do what's right for us. Otherwise, um, you know, we're sort of forcing each other's agenda, and that's not going to help anybody. And yet, I get, and, and this is more of a general business question, yet that's the, the model that the big breweries operate under, that they want to sign a contract and say, here's the beers that we want you to, uh, to stock and you'll get your rebates if you move a certain amount of it. And it's the exact opposite direction that the independent industry is trying to focus. And we want to make sure that we're not seen to be 
too competitive. So we've got plenty in the in the group. There's plenty of our like as colonials competitive uh, beers on tap as well, and we want it that way. We want to make sure that um, you know a good beer gets a gets an opportunity to shine, and and the uh, the the buyers of these bars um, buy on the merits for their their bar, and that may sometimes it's us, sometimes it's not, and that's that's business. And and so what's coming up for Colonial? You, you, you've obviously got your expansion canning line. Uh, those sorts of things. What's what is that the, the next step in terms of the, the, the beer or the business side? Uh, on the beer side, uh, so just before I walked into Gabs today, we just had a team meeting with every um, brewer on the team. We just sat down at um, at a pub and chatted out our next inquest release. So we'll, every year we do the Colonial Inquest, um, and th- so we've started talking about what that's going to look like. We'll launch that in in August. Um, so that'll be the late, like the third year running of that beer, and so that's coming up soon. And then we'll do another big release probably uh, later in the year, but. A uh, lot of lot of conflicting distractions right now. We're working for expansion, so uh, we're sort of one one step at a time. We need to make sure that what we do now that we've got that under control before we get too carried away. You know, make little steps, make sure we're not distracting ourselves um, from ultimately the expansions coming, which uh, which we have to get right. Otherwise, you know, we're going to have a very challenging summer if we can't keep up. Absolutely. Now, I, I do have to ask you this uh, cheeky question because uh, Justin is the former. Uh, head of brewing uh, for, for Colonial, but uh, he was sitting here, a good opportunity to sort of get the former and uh, the, the current, but he's also now working for Bintani. Does he ever sort of call you up and sort of say, look, you know, I, I, I can look after these hops, I know that they'll work on the kit. Does he uh, sort of ever pull any um, inside knowledge? <laughs> uh, how do I answer that? Um, no, look, Justin and I have known each other longer than uh, before he was even at Colonial. So you know, he, he's given us a few opportunities for some new things. Um, I like to think that's Justin and I's relationship as, as mates and uh, business colleagues, more so than his history with Bintani. But um, I don't know, I guess Justin might have another opinion on that as well. Does Justin have another opinion on that? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you give so much to a brewery when you're there and you do form... I love for it, and I still have that for Colonial. So yeah, I'm always going to make sure Ash is in one of those people. I get an, when when I've got a new product or a new hop coming out. Yeah, he's on the list. But um, there's a lot of people in the industry that I, that I would want to look after and want to communicate those kind of uh, new innovations to. So yeah, there's there's no pressure on him like uh, in terms to actually use anything. But at the same time, he's been he's been supportive at the same time. So. We're Eskimo brothers. That's us. We, we know how to. We've used the same kit. We press the d- buttons a little bit different, but um, we all get the same result. And and it's been making. Unfortunately, it hurts to say it's probably you know it's grown. It's making better beer, and and it's a credit to Ash for what he's been able to do, to come in there and just keep keep the drive and keep the growth. So it's exciting to see. I still I'm, I'm very happy. You I'm the, one of the first people you'll see in a bar with a a small ale or a pale in my hand because I. I still want to see how they're going. You know, there's, you'll never let that go as a brewer. When you've you've got that involved in a brand, you you'll always want to still be part of it, and you want to see it succeed. And that's how the relationship is with Colonial. You want it to do well. Yeah. Just before I do let you go, and just staying on that, um, last year we saw you pick up a couple of golds and a trophy for your work, not only with Pintani but uh, with Hawks. Um, Hawks uh, Lager as, as, last year. Last night we had the sad, the sad news that uh, the person who was named after, I'm trying to think of the word uh, for, for that, but uh, uh, passed away. A- have you spoken to the guys from Hawks? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's still something I haven't been able to reconcile, to be honest, Matt. Uh, it's 
Because you met, you got to meet. Uh, yeah, look, the, we it was um, two and a bit years ago now that we we launched Hawks Lager and taught Bob how to pour a beer for the cameras, and um, it's because of the the success. And look, it's hard as a, a gypsy brewer and, and and those connotations. We, we've got a great recipe, we've got a great campaign, and it's a great cause what uh, we're doing with with Hawks Lager, and it does give a lot back to Landcare, but. Having had the success early, which is which is a blessing, it's also a challenge to maintain that. And I'm just having a little bit of trouble reconciling the fact that they announced champion Australian trophy at you know eight twenty, and at eight twenty four, my phone beeped, and it was about eight people at the same time telling me that that Bob had passed. So I I just the hard thing about brewing is to to, to take yourself away from it because the, as Ash said at the start of this. Great beer wins medals, but great beer can also be missed. You know, bad beer doesn't win, but but great beer can 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 be missed. And you just feel a little bit um, on that moment and that opportunity. I'm I'm taking it pretty hard that we didn't replicate that and didn't do it. But at the end of the day, we make a great beer. We're trying really hard. It's for a great cause, so we'll continue to do that. And the guys will be really proud. And yeah, we'll hopefully a few people buy a Hawks and, and hold a tin up for the country. You know and and do their bit, but it, the timings, yeah. Just I'm, I still haven't reconciled the fact that there's an election and a thing. We're voting tomorrow. That the award was announced eight minutes earlier, and it's yeah, it's Twilight Zone stuff. It's a bit <laughs> weird. And, and how did you go uh, with the, the lager this uh, year? The the pale did really well again. Got a silver and a bronze after a gold last year. So happy with that. Uh, the lager didn't medal, but again, uh, reflecting on on what Ash said at the start that it's. The recipe hasn't changed and the guy brewing it is a brewer, you know, where we brew it is is an exceptional place. They make really great beer and we're really happy with what's coming out. So it probably, personally to me, it highlights a little bit more about the luck, chance and magic of it. You really, in, in a lager, there is no room to move and the judges are, we're, we're getting so sensitive uh, to little little flicks and uh, flecks in the, in the movement of a beer that if it's, if it's not perfect... You're not going to win that trophy. So, it's a. I think the the standard of beer in Australia is improving, and it's fantastic to see it improve. Uh, the judges are probably not awarding more golds as a result. We're probably giving the same amount of golds and silvers and bronzes, but instead we're we're recalibrating our standards. So to get a bronze now is probably, you know, it's harder. Mm. You know, a silver five years ago is probably only a bronze now. Because as a collective, we've recalibrated and decided that certain faults just aren't even tolerable for a, for a bronze now. Yeah, Justin, Ash, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Radio Brews News live from Gabs 2019, proudly sponsored by Bintani. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate your time, mate. And that was Justin Fox and Ash Hazel. We thank Craig, Stephen, Guy and the whole Gabs team for the use of the space at Gabs this year and we congratulate them on another incredible Gabs Melbourne, also their record year of attendances at all of the Gabs in Australia. It really is one of the world's great festivals and we're very privileged to be a small part of that. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au.